Good afternoon, everyone. How are you? Awake. Good. Uh, it's given that this session is all about, let's just push the right button there. There we go. This session is all about user engagement. I should be able to hopefully effectively engage with all of you. Um, you're all AWS customers, and as that, I thank you. Uh, a lot of you already have user engagement strategies, how to build relationships with your customers, how to understand them better, and the challenge ahead of us is how do we make sure that we have systems in place, processes, people, and so on, that can help us predict where our customers' needs are heading, where the industry is heading, and how you can more effectively than your own, than your own competitors stay ahead and build better relationships with those customers to grow your business. And over the next hour, that's what we're going to be talking about. I'm Simon Poyle, General Manager of the Digital User Engagement Group at AWS. Um, we'll be talking about a number of different AWS services in this space, customers that are using them. And in a little while, I'll be bringing up Jimmy and Billy from Disney Streaming, who will be talking about how they use Pinpoint and a set of other AWS services. And hopefully, that'll help you to understand what's ahead and how we can help you. The challenges ahead of us are around answering these kinds of things when we're thinking of our own users. How do I protect, predict customer interest and churn? Churn in terms of using your service, using your application, using your website. How can I grow the central value of those customers? How do I make each customer more valuable to me and my business? And quite honestly, how do I exceed my customers' own expectations? Are you confident in the people, the systems, and the processes that you have in place today that you can say yes, looking towards the future, to all of these three challenges? And that's what we're going to be talking about here. If you actually look ahead, this is actually based upon uh, a report by McKinsey, who said that in seven years' time, in 2025, there'll be 75 billion connected endpoints. And the definition of an endpoint is an email address, an app uh, on a device, uh, a phone number for text messaging or voice calls, or any other type of connection. You can see the examples there of Alexa devices, Echo devices, different apps by which we communicate, and so forth. And if you think about that number, yes, we deal in millions and billions on the internet, and it's crazy numbers, but that's 10 different endpoints for every single man, woman, and child on the planet in only seven years' time. And they're using apps and devices that never even existed, if you think, seven years ago. So if you put your systems in place then and you answered the challenges I listed a little earlier with great confidence, would they have grown and would those systems have kept up with you even to get to today? let alone looking forward those seven years. Customers' expectations are evolving also. Um, how many people here have bought a book on Amazon? A few of you. Remember when you first did it? That first click of the button, and then maybe three or four days later, this book showed up, it's going back you know, 10 years or something. That was amazing at the time. I clicked this button on my computer, and a physical good shows up at my front door. 
Well, nowadays, if I can't push that button on my phone while I'm stood here in this room, and the book's not waiting for me by the time I get back to my house, I'm thinking something's gone wrong. My expectation, the bar for what, how I expect the world to work for me, has gone up significantly over that period of time. And that isn't going to stop. That, ex that bar of expectation is going to continue to increase, and customers are going to continue to demand more and expect more. And if you're not delivering it, your competitors will. So how do you stay uh, uh, advanced, and how do you get to continue to answer those challenges, challenges in a confident fashion? Well, if you think about these four dimensions by which things have changed, around personalization. When I get a recommendation email to, uh, to my email address, I'm the same, um, same home address, same IP address, however you want to mention it, as my wife, but I get a completely different set of recommendations from Amazon, from Netflix, on what movies to watch and things, than she does. A bulk email doesn't do it anymore. You have to be able to personalize. You have to know about your customer and their kinds of interests. Similarly, I need to have a connected experience. If I get an email on that movie, uh, movie uh, recommendation and I hit add to watch list, when I then sit down at my TV and I bring up my watch list, that movie needs to be there. I have an expectation that I don't have to go from one siloed experience like I used to to another siloed experience. Same for when I add something to my uh, shopping cart on my phone, and then I go and use the app on my desktop because I want to finish off my shopping experience. I need that um, shopping basket to have all those items in. On the form of interaction, um, it used to be OK that when I needed to change the uh, temperature in my house, I'd go up to a panel in the wall. I did this for many years. I was very happy with pushing that button, and it was all good. Now I can, on the drive home, hit a button and turn the temperature up because I'm particularly cold at the moment. So when I walk into the house, it's going to be warmer. I can walk into the house and say, Alexa, turn on the lights, play music. My methods of interaction with everything around me, with the applications that I use, with the shows that I watch, with anything like this, that interaction style has changed from that flat panel in the wall or that uh, vanilla website kind of experience. Customers now expect a much more natural way of interacting. And finally, with the business context, I don't know about the rest of you, but um, I used to get an electricity bill to my house, and it would just say how much I owed, and I'd mail the check back. Nowadays, the bill part of, that arrives in the mail or arrives in, the, in my inbox is kind of an afterthought. It's telling me about how much my, neighbor, my neighbors averaged for, uh, for their electricity spend and uh, how much I'm spending. And they kind of they gamify me into thinking, should I be turning things off? Um, because my neighbors are spending less than me or something like this. Like, that is a very contextual thing towards me. It's not so much about the electricity company wanting me to pay my bill anymore. It's about turning it into a relationship with me where they tell me information I never knew before that helps me feel as though I'm achieving more and it's helping me. So these are all things that customers are now expecting. So just to bring it back to these challenges, it's not a case of, do you all have customers today? The answer is yes. Are you actively engaging them today? I'm sure many of you are. I'm sure many of you have successful businesses that are continuing to grow. But the question you need to be answering yourself is, are you happy with the status quo? Are you happy with the systems, the people, and the processes that you have in place and are you confident about their ability to meet your needs and your customers' expectations over the coming years? And that's what I'm going to be talking about here. 
AWS enables you to meet these business needs. We support personalized messaging so that you can target customers in a way that they want to and they feel engaged on. You can make sure it fits with them on a timing basis. There are many different reasons one would want to receive a message at certain times of day versus another. Something that's immediate, something like a password reset, versus something that's just a marketing FYI. Being able to reach those customers in multiple different ways. Knowing that I answer certain questions faster via a mobile push notification in an app than I do an email, but maybe my response is more detailed when I am responding through email. Different things, different ways. And then, as a business owner, as a company that wants to learn from those customers, understanding and getting feedback on how that message was received, what actions were followed on it, enables you to be smarter for the next iteration of engaging with that customer. And the services I'm going to be talking about are really based around how AWS can help you with those situations. This is an example of the kind of customers that we have today already using a number of our customer engagement services. Netflix uses us in every single email that goes out. Every time you get a recommendation, it's coming through AWS. Similarly, Coinbase is using us to engage with their customers. Make My Trip is a large uh, Indian travel company, uses us for text messaging. And there's a number of companies here, including Disney streaming services, who are seeing the power of Pinpoint enabling them to engage more effectively with their customers and build strong relationships. So just to go to the next level deeper on this, I'd like you to think about it in five individual ways from the start of thinking about your customers through to gaining additional insights into their likes, their dislikes, your successes in engaging them, and then being able to iterate around. First of all, if we talk about user engagement, sorry, the, uh, the user, how do you understand them? Well, we have an analytics store within Pinpoint, but we also enable you to utilize other disparate data sources. Turns out, a lot of you already have valuable information about your customers stored within AWS. This is about being able to put that data to work to enable you to be more effective when you're talking to those customers. Similarly, and this is more about maybe an output rather than an input, as you'll see with most AWS services, if you have somewhere else you're storing your data and you're doing a bunch of sim uh, analytics, you've already got systems in place, you're able with Pinpoint to actually export that data automatically through a Kinesis stream. So there is no lock-in on this data. If you choose to have to introduce Pinpoint and some of our other services to your existing infrastructure, you can already do so without uh, uh, causing any kind of ill effect with your existing services. And finally, and I'll come back to this in a little while, you can do some pretty smart things with machine learning. Once you understand that I have this data, I understand who the customer is, I want to work towards this key performance indicator. I want to understand predictions around churn rate. If I want to understand different behaviors that customers may have, then it's a really interesting uh, collaboration between Pinpoint and some of our other services, including Amazon Personalize that was launched a little earlier today. 
And like I said, I'll be coming back to that in a little bit. Now, once you've got that user list, how do you choose who to target from that user list? How do you build that segment? Now, you can use the analysis and uh, the audience list within Pinpoint. But as I said, if you have existing storage uh, of users in other systems, whether it's elsewhere in AWS or even external with other services, you can actually import those lists and target a campaign directly from that. Um, to be specific, what you can do is, for example, in the case of email, you could dump a list of email addresses into a file stored in your own S3 bucket, and we can import it straight from, from the S3 bucket, just to give you some specifics on that as an example. If you're working with segments that you're pulling from within Pinpoint, we've introduced over the last couple of months a number of steps around complex, <coughs> excuse me, complex segmentation. What that enables you to do is and or and other kind of um, uh, ways of creating sub-segments from your main segments and combine them so that you can start doing things like if you wanted to send out a, a match update if there was a soccer game on and you had multiple segments where there was a segment per team in terms of fans or followers, you could actually, for that match, bring together those two segments of the two teams who are playing, just as an example. There's many other richer um, examples there, but I'm going to uh, keep moving for the uh, sake of time. And with the controls that we have, we spent a lot of time around the, uh, the console, thinking about what is it the marketer needs. This is not your typical AWS service where as long as we have an API, we're all good. We've invested a lot of time and effort talking to customers such as yourself around what is it that you need to be able to enable these types of campaign, segmentation, targeting use cases within your teams without needing a bunch of retraining. Those people who understand basic email targeting, for example, how can you make them aware of how to use this tool? Um, we've still got stuff for developers as well. I'll come to that in a minute. There's a couple of things in this slide. Remember, this was about the targeting. This was the middle of the five. And the targeting can be done based around the campaign. Now, when you've got a campaign, what you're saying is basically, I've already told you the segment. Now I want to tell you what actual message to send. So maybe I'm pulling in content, such as an email template, or text for an SMS, or text for a push, and so on. And you can then set additional parameters. For instance, um, in some countries, it's illegal to send a marketing text message after a certain time of day. Well, we can implement that. We can support that through the console or through the APIs. You can do other things like don't target users more than five times in a single week because, as I'm sure everybody in this room has done at some point, you get pinged too many times. You at least turn off the notifications and quite likely uninstall the application. The last thing you want to do is be so in your customer's face as to get them to uninstall you. So a way to actually monitor that, a way to make sure that the customer stays engaged but doesn't feel flooded, you can put those kind of locks and limitations in your campaign without uh, having to have some bespoke system that monitors this stuff separately from the campaigns itself. And then this middle one, this was an important one I wanted to highlight because I've heard this from a few customers. 
Um, when we first launched Pinpoint, we focused very much on the targeting aspects, the campaign ability, um, the ability to build campaigns and to target users with some of the segmentation. We were very pleased to introduce the segmentation logic. It was a new thing for us. However, we kind of confused a few people because we already had targeted services out there, such as global SMS, mobile push, and simple email service with email that just did transactional emails. It didn't do targeted. It didn't do segmentation. A lot of customers wanted the segmentation, but they were confused now as to which, way to, which service do I write to, for example, if I want to send email. Well, up to, uh, I think, a couple of months ago, uh, we actually launched full support for uh, transactional sending across all of our channels, as well as targeted. So now, with the integration of using Pinpoint into your systems, you can now send messages cross-channel to any sort of endpoint. So you could use a single service, Pinpoint, to target customers through, uh, let's say, marketing campaigns and so forth with the segmentation, but use that same service when you need to send password resets, order confirmations, or something that is one-to-one. -one. So you should think more broadly now about Pinpoint. It's not just a mobile service. It's not just a campaign service. It's an overall user engagement service, regardless of the channel and regardless of what your use case is. And this final one, triggering messages based on real-time actions. Well, here I'm really pleased to tell you about a new feature we've just launched. This is event triggers. And what event triggers does is I've already told you that we can take events in. We can take analytics in. Those events can be driven by the messages and notifications that you sent, but they could be any other API that you call. Uh, for instance, you could tie it into um, maybe a gaming backend. If you're a games company and you want to be able to send some congratulatory note to, uh, to a customer who just beat the boss on level seven or something like this, then you could have that gaming backend make a call in and say, this customer caused this event. They beat the boss on level seven. And a campaign can automatically get kicked off to that specific user because they're now part of that segment that's achieved that goal. Similarly, um, we have a retail customer, not Amazon, I might add, although Amazon does use us for every email and, and uh, <laughs> other notifications send out. As um, we had a, a retailer who used us so that it was tied into their uh, sales history and their inventory. And when a customer of theirs spent over a certain amount within their stores, that would flag an event within the uh, Pinpoint system, and they were able to automatically send out a notification that included a coupon that was, thank you for spending over X amount. Here's a coupon for this amount. Please come back and uh, basically keep spending. So uh, real-time events. And we're going to be investing more and more in other types of events that we have here. But I'm really pleased. Uh, this has been a big ask that we've had from existing customers. So I think uh, you'll see a number of use cases that we'll be adding further support for. And it would be really good if you think about what are the use cases where this could help within your systems and uh, within your existing engagement processes. So coming back to the, the five. Talking about number, which channel. OK, so I've worked out what my segment is, who my audience is, and what's the format of the message and the other campaign parameters, such as when to send, and so on. Now it's how is this message going to get out there? And right now, we have email support, text messaging support, mobile push support, and also Lambda extensions. 
And the use of Lambda here is a cool kind of extensibility story, which is if you have your own form of uh, communication channel, uh, we have one customer in particular who has their own um, chat channel story. And so what they do is they use uh, Pinpoint and Lambda extensions, and it goes through just as everything else I've said, the segmentation, the targeting, and so forth. And then right at the end, when it goes to call to send that message out, instead of calling the email server to send the mail or calling the SMS server to send the SMS, it calls the Lambda of your definition. And it passes the message and the target user and so on as the parameters there. So then you can do whatever you want with it. That's a pretty powerful way of extending it. And you could put it into any of, you could use it to extend any of your own proprietary channels, but also if you want to hook into a service or a, some form of uh, communication app that we don't already have support for, you can do that. There's one here is um, the, the thing I want a couple of things to highlight here. One is around how we work with the providers for things like text message delivery, push delivery, and email delivery to try and make sure that you know as much as possible about the success of the sending. I'm going to come back into more information there, but that in itself is a very helpful metric to understand for you guys to understand how successful your campaigns are, how successful your engagement is, um, frankly, how accurate your user database is in terms of being able to target people and making sure that they're real inboxes and they're real phone numbers and so on. And the final point I want to make here is the, little notion, uh, the comment here about email, SMS, push, and voice. So what we're just announcing is the addition of a new channel. And this is a very powerful one. Um, so far, what we've talked about are the main forms of digital communication that we have today. We're all on email. We've all got cell phones for text messaging. We've also all got apps on our smartphones through which we can communicate and get push notifications and so forth. But we also speak to each other. And phone calls as much as they may seem old hat, are still a very powerful form of communication. And they're also very important when it comes to certain use cases. Um, one use case we've heard, um, which actually I was quite surprised about, is up to about 10% of all phone numbers that get given by customers um, are either mistyped or they're numbers that they can't receive text messages. So for example, people give their home phone number when they're not really thinking about it and they're signing up for an app or they're signing up for a service. Well, it's really hard to send a text message to your home phone when you need to reset your password. So you can imagine the kind of situation where people get locked in a bad loop where they keep requesting their password to be reset and they never receive a text message. Well, what we've got with a scenario like this is we can detect whether it's a textable phone number, if you think of it that way, and if it isn't, we can actually route that text through Poly, which is a, an AWS service for text-to-speech. We turn it into an audio file. We phone that phone number instead, and we play that audio back. And using Poly gives us access to many different languages and global phone number access through our own service. You as a customer, if you sign up to use voice, you lease a phone number from us so the customer can see what phone number it's coming from, and it's a phone number that only you can use. So you can build up trust and reliability in that phone number in the same way you do for a short code for text messaging. 
and you can have voice messages basically played to customers based upon that. And so it's, it's a very powerful addition to our channel list, if you like, with endpoint, pinpoint. So again, we can take in multiple disparate data sources to understand who your customer is. We can enable you to import segments or utilize us to build those segments. You can use us to pull in uh, different content for your content management to build up that template and that message content. And then you can send out over multiple different channels depending upon who it is you want to target and what type of message it is you want to get across to the customer. And then the final of the five categories as we think about it and have really kind of resonated with customers like yourselves that we've talked to is around the success of your engagement. Now, success can be considered in multiple ways. Um, activity that the customer took based upon the message you sent. For instance, you sent out an email that had a particular offering. Well, how many people clicked that link? How many people led to actually making that purchase or watching that show? You can also look at how many were bounced, how many were not real email addresses, how many were uh, considered spam, is there work there that you need to do to improve your own uh, reputation in term, as, a, as a sender? And then using that information to tune and to improve your next sending. And this is one of those services where we can keep extending to help build out your story towards that future that we talked about earlier of 2025 with 10 different endpoints. With this new pinpoint deliverability dashboard that we'll be launching in the next few days, we're gonna give you the kind of data you need to understand the effectiveness of your messaging campaign. What emails are making it to people's inboxes? What emails are not? Why are they not? And then also, analyzing your campaign, analyzing your email content before it even leaves and gets sent out helping you identify key different th key kind of um, gotchas. Now, to be fair, a lot of the email service providers have their black boxes to all of us. Otherwise, the spammers of the world could work out how to get around it and get, um, get through to people's inboxes. And I'm sure all of us don't want to get spammed uh, and, and receiving bad content. And so what we do is we use the best practices that we've learned at Amazon to make sure that we can pass those on, help you send more effectively, help improve your sending and your reputation, and basically add value to your own campaigns in a way that's gonna let you test out your sending, look at the effectiveness, and drive up not just the effectiveness of the message, but also the value of each message by increasing the overall return based upon that campaign. And as I said, we spent a lot of time working out how to build something that can be easily adopted and easily used by the marketers in your organization or the business owners. But as AWS, we haven't forgotten about a developer. So we have some very rich KPI, segmentation, analytic interfaces. But I also wanted to show Yes, you can still write code. We still have APIs. We still have a CLI. 
And we actually have another session that shows about how you can use Amazon Comprehend to listen to a Twitter feed and automatically kick off a campaign um, message back to any customer that tweeted a negative sentiment. That's some of the code up there that you can see on the screen from the example, where based upon the analysis of Comprehend, you're automatically driving it. I'm not going to walk, <coughs> excuse me, I'm not going to walk the code right now, but I did want to show you that uh, we care deeply about the messaging and the developer side of the house as much as the marketer. So, bringing it all back, the five key areas that we've heard from talking to a lot of you here and a lot of other customers around user management, audience management, segmenting them down, working out how to target customers based upon your own business goals, but in a contextually relevant way. Reach them over whatever channel makes the most sense for that customer. Customer X always responds to mobile push notifications within five minutes, emails one hour, therefore target them with this type of message over mobile push, as an example, and helps you to engage those customers more effectively in an extensible way that helps you to not only understand the customer today, but understand what they're doing and how they're uh, engaging with you that helps you for investment for the future. Pinpoint today is available if you speak AWS region parlance in US East, US West, and EU West. And by the end of the year, very pleased to say, we'll also be in EU, the EU East, uh, which is uh, of interest, particularly for some folks looking at data sovereignty issues when you're storing customer data, and it has to be within certain regions. And you'll continue to see more regions coming from us over the coming years. Now, with that said, I would now like to invite Jimmy and Billy up from Disney Streaming. And let's hear about how they're using Pinpoint to engage with their customers. Jimmy, Billy, here you go. Hi, thank you, Simon. My name is Billy, and this is Jimmy. And we work in engineering at Disney Streaming Services. We're excited to be here alongside Amazon and talking about how we use Pinpoint to engage millions of our customers. At Disney Streaming, we serve customers by bringing the world's most beloved characters, timeless stories, legendary athletes, and epic sporting events to global audiences through best-in-class, direct-to-consumer video services. Disney Streaming develops and operates the Walt Disney Company's direct-to-consumer video businesses. ESPN Plus, the premium sports streaming service programmed in conjunction with ESPN, and the upcoming Disney Plus service expected to launch in 2019. We are a global leader in providing direct-to-consumer video streaming products and solutions to third-party partners, including Major League Baseball and the National Hockey League. 
across these clients and more, we send upwards of a billion push notifications per month and reach millions of unique devices each day to keep customers engaged and up to date with the latest events. We'll focus on how we engage our sporting event customers through push notifications. Ideally, when there's a sporting event, be it baseball or hockey, our fans are out there, at the stadium, or streaming it live. But when they can't, we're sending them push notifications for real-time updates. These real-life and real-time play-by-play moments don't wait for us to finish sending one push notification at a time. We make sure our customers receive the latest pivotal moments as quickly as it happens, such as when a power play is about to start or a perfect game is in the making. This gives our customers a way to enjoy the game almost as if they were watching it live. And if a notification entices them to tap and tune in, they can start streaming right where the notification left them off. We built a multi-tenant push notification platform to service multiple partners and clients. It ingests upwards of 1,000 game events per day using a combination of AWS serverless technologies to reach our customers. It solves key challenges in our domain. First, audience segmentation. How do we accurately message the right fans when teams are playing each other? Second, metrics at the campaign level. With so many game events happening throughout the day, how do we get alerted of issues with campaigns that are more important than others? Third, granular reporting. We need to report on a per-team basis. How do we separate the audiences for reporting when we have push notifications going to fans when two teams are playing each other? And finally, audience sizes. When we can no longer reach a device, how do we know that and remove them from reports? We create pinpoint campaigns to send critical game moments to our fans through push notifications. For example, when the Mets play the Yankees, a home run triggers a push notification that targets multiple segments of fans. Mets fans and Yankees fans interested in home run or score change will receive a push notification to let them know the event. We also want to make sure that fans who are opted into both Mets and Yankees push notifications do not receive a duplicate notification for the same event. <clears throat> On the surface, this seems straightforward. For example, we could create a segment for every team in the league. With MLB, there are 32 teams. We could create a segment for, e we could create a segment for each team in the league. However, each team has eight notification types. Also, the notifications come in two languages. Adding to the complexity, each event can trigger a combination of notification types. There are thousands of potential combinations, and each combination is a potential segment that we could target. 
predefining these segments is unwieldy and managing them would be a nightmare. To solve this challenge, what we did was we create a new segment and a new campaign for every game event. Each segment contains the fans of the two teams. Pinpoint automatically removes the duplicate fans from the new segment. It's able to create these segments and campaigns in milliseconds, giving us the speed we're looking for. On a typical game day, we create over 1,000 campaigns a day. At peak pinpoint scales, we're able to create over 300 campaigns and segments an hour, and over 20 campaigns and segments a minute. Each campaign and each segment targets over a million fans. As you can imagine, with so many campaigns and events, the, con the pinpoint console can quickly get cluttered. To solve this, we store campaign and segment metadata in a DynamoDB with a TTL. When the segment and campaign gets deleted from the Dynamo table, it triggers a lambda that simply deletes the old campaign and old segment from pinpoint, thus keeping the console tidy. Creating 1,000 campaigns also means needing to monitor the performance of 1,000 campaigns. Notifications need to be fast. As Billy mentioned, we want users to be able to tune in exactly where the push notification left them off. Adding to this, we also have critical editorial alerts in addition to the game alerts. Both require the speed and scale Pinpoint provides. However, the editorial alerts need a little extra care and monitoring. These priority notifications are sent by the editorial teams for critical game events, such as winning the World Series or winning the Stanley Cup. We need to be notified if these campaigns are running slowly or if these campaigns fail to reach the expected audience size. And because of the sheer number of campaigns we create a day, monitoring this through the console doesn't scale and isn't effective. We overcome this challenge by creating additional metrics. We use a step function to monitor the status of each campaign we create. The step function calls Pinpoint to get the campaign details. Then we send metrics about the campaign's current state, specifically if the campaign is still running. If the campaign is completed, we can also see if the campaign has reached the expected audience size. If it hasn't, we trigger a CloudWatch alert. This CloudWatch alert broadcasts in our Slack channel, notifying the editorial team to retry a failed campaign. If we notice systemic issues, we could proactively reach out to our clients, let them know. We could also proactively reach out to Pinpoint. In the future, we plan on using these metrics to fail over to another region. Now that we know our push notifications are being sent, we need to be able to report on them. Pinpoint provides out-of-the-box analytics, metrics, and great visuals through the console. However, since our apps support multiple teams, we need to be able to understand user engagement at a per-team basis. We need to be able to extract data from Pinpoint and expose it to analytics tools, and ultimately our data lake. For example, when the Mets play the Yankees, each event 
triggers a single notification to a single segment that contains both Mets and Yankees fans. However, not all Mets fans are Yankees fans, and not all Yankees fans are Mets fans. For each push, push notification, we need to know how many were Mets fans and how many were Yankees fans. That is, rather than just reporting on segment size, we need to report on a per team basis. We use two features of Pinpoint to, to, to hit our reporting needs, streaming and export. First, streaming. Pinpoint can stream events through Kinesis or Firehose. These events have individual push notification details. We use Firehose because it's more cost effective than Kinesis due to our spiky traffic. We've configured Firehose to output into S3. We have a Lambda that pulls segment and campaign metadata from DynamoDB, and Athena uses this metadata to query S3. Athena outputs this data into an S3 bucket where our data lake team can further process that data. Because Pinpoint streams these events, it enables us to create near real-time reports about our audiences. Pinpoint also provides an API to export our customers. The export outputs all our customers, including their details, to an S3 bucket. We use a Lambda to trigger that export. Then we have a glue job using Spark, processes that data, and outputs it to an S3 bucket. Again, exposing that data to our data lake team for further processing and reporting. In order to keep our audience sizes accurate, we need to report on only those customers that received the push notification. Pinpoint does its best to send push notifications, but sometimes customers just can't be reached. This happens for various reasons, such as uninstallation of the application, a reinstall of the application, or a platform change. It's important for us to determine how many fans will receive a push notification. We want to remove unreachable customers so that we can accurately report on audience size. Second, there are costs associated with attempting to message these devices. We reduce our costs when we remove these customers we know cannot be reached. Third, attempting to send push notifications to them would just slow down the campaign. These unreachable customers would continue to grow over time if we leave them alone. It inflates our audience sizes, it increases costs, and it slows down the campaigns. To overcome this challenge, we actively delete unreachable customers from Pinpoint. We leverage Pinpoint's event stream and other serverless technologies. We work with the Pinpoint team to add a flag to the event stream when it fails to send a push notification to an unreachable customer. Our Kinesis Firehose outputs to S3, where a glue job filters for records, marked with the flag, and a Lambda removes the customer through a pinpoint API call. Here at Disney Streaming Services, we've built serverless infrastructure to solve some key challenges in our team sporting domain. We send out notifications quickly and to the right audience when teams play one another. Pinpoint creates complex segments and campaigns in milliseconds to enable that. 
we know when notifications are not going out. Pinpoint has APIs so that we can monitor and alert on individual campaigns. We create reports per team and do custom reporting for our clients. Pinpoint supports that through Kinesis and Kinesis Firehose. We know how big our audience sizes are for each team and for every campaign. Pinpoint provides an export feature so that we can do that analysis. Together with Pinpoint, we've been able to message millions of fans to keep them engaged even when they're away from the game. Thank you. <clears throat> Thanks very much. Thank you. I love that story. It's, uh, it's so good. You work on these services. You talk to customers. You hear about what their use cases are. But seeing it presented and talked about, about how we're helping customers reach their own, millions of customers, within milliseconds for segment size, within seconds for millions of push notifications, millions of emails, millions of text messages, and in some cases, within a single day, we're looking at billions of analytics and billions of emails. We've been doing this for a long time. We've been handling Amazon's volumes. We're handling many, many AWS customers' volumes. We have that practice, and what we've been able to do is then bring the strengths of a newer orchestration layer, Pinpoint, to utilize those channels and also offer fantastic extensibility through serverless technologies and, as you see up here, many, many other parts of AWS, whether it's your data storage as an input into sending or a storage for the analytics, whether it's Lex because you want to drive a campaign through a voice device, whether it's IoT and bringing in IoT analytics and events to cross that bridge from device event into device owner engagement. And one I mentioned a little earlier, Amazon Personalize. For those of you who aren't aware, Personalize is a, uh, an ML-based prediction service where you feed your customer data or any kind of data feed that you want to help drive recommendations for an output segment. So for example, you could be training your model to look at churn. And that model slowly learns over time which of your customers are more likely to churn away from your application or your service. And it's an ML-based prediction that you can then feed that segment into Pinpoint and, and then use a Pinpoint campaign for re-engagement. Uh, come back, your clan is being attacked, here's 100 gold pieces, or something like this. So there's a lot of value that comes from bringing these services together and having Pinpoint orchestrate their usage. And just to be clear, the analytics I've spoken about with Pinpoint, the model and the training that goes with Personalize, will be used to train your specific model and will be used as a means by which you can target your segments, but it's only your data. There's no blending. There's no additional customers being brought in because they were targeted really well over here by a different customer. 
It's your data. It's your customer base. And it's yours to leverage to build a better, stronger relationship with your customers better than your competitors. So bringing it back to the challenges we listed at the beginning, ask yourselves, are you set up with the right systems, the people, and the processes within your business to build strong relationships and foresee and predict what your customer needs are ahead and better than the competition when the bar is continuing to rise in terms of customer expectation, the various types of endpoints are continuing to grow, and the ability for you to grow the value on a per-customer basis through a stronger engagement and relationship. And with that, I'd like to leave you thinking on those challenges and also thank you for spending your time here to hear about what Disney's doing and about the value that Pinpoint can bring to your business. Thank you.